We going? Okay. Welcome to another episode of Queer For It, a podcast hosted by four queer friends living in Austin, Texas, bringing you a weekly dose of honesty, laughs, and growth. I'm Courtney, lesbian, she, her pronouns. Chris, I'm a trans man, and he, him pronouns. Chris, I'm a queer woman, she, her pronouns. And I embrace she, her pronouns, also queer. Mm-hmm. Welcome. Okay. Go for so this week we're talking about Pride Month. Pride Month! So happy Pride Month to everyone, especially the first pe- the people. This is your first Pride. This is your first time being out for Pride. Happy Pride. Happy Pride. Well, from queer for it. We yeah. love you. You're great. We're here to support you if you need it because we know that it can be very lonely. So, mm-hmm. what was y'all's first Pride? Austin Pride, actually. 2013, Austin Pride. Oh. Yeah. It's pretty late in the game, actually. Mm hmm. Yeah. That's where Flaunt was born, too. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah. What made you want to start Flaunt there? Uh, we made ourselves shirts, uh-huh. and mine was a rainbow shirt that said Pretty Boy. That's like, right. Was, like spray paint stenciled it on, and a bunch of people liked it. Mine Poor. has a rainbow cat on it. Before it's on brand. Very on brand. Yeah, but. Rainbow Pussy, that was me. How we had never gone to a Pride before. I mean, I mean, we had just turned 21. Uh huh. Um, and we didn't really go out like to bars mm-hmm. and stuff before that. Or, I mean, you can go to Pride without going to bars. Sure. But, I don't know. Yeah, we were called. I mean, does San Marcos have Pride? I guess they do. I don't think so. They didn't even have a gay bar when we went. Yeah. But they might now. Yeah. Who fucking knows? So maybe that's why, because we were in San Marcos the whole time. But yeah, that was our first Pride. It was really fun. It was like me, Courtney, Caleb, my ex girlfriend, my ex, and her ex. <laughs> Um, yeah. Yeah. Austin Pride's weird because it doesn't happen in July like everyone June. else's. No. Or June. Uh, like everybody else's. It happens at the end of August. Mm-hmm. Beginning. No, it's at the end. It is, it's the 10th this year. Well, it was at the end before. Uh, it was at the end. And uh, it's at night, which is really weird as well. Yeah. yeah. Like so like the parade nighttime. is during nighttime. Which cooler. <laughs> when it's cooler. I was going to say, a lot works because in Texas it's hot as shit. Yeah, but the problem the with that is if you are going to bars, by the time the parade is over at 11 p.m., it's crowded as fuck. Whereas in normal places, the parade ends, you hit the bars, you get a little bit of day drinking in, and then it picks up. Um, which is like the weirdest thing about Pride here. Which is maybe why we never went to it, mm-hmm. because like Pride Month happened and St. Mark's Pride might be in, in August too, who knows. Oh, I think because well, Houston Pride is it was last weekend actually, yeah. so it's a weekend. It was this weekend. Yeah, they said yeah. I asked someone why. So it's a weekend early in August. They said because when Austin first started, their Pride was so small that people would just go to Dallas and Houston anyway. So, so they, they wanted to do both, and also because Rot Rally isn't in June too, so it was like just scheduling and everything else. Huh? And then they kept it. Rot Rally, Rally, the motorcycle the motorcycle. Rally. Rally. Yeah, what we just had, I and I think it was it's super fun, and usually like a quadrillion motorcycle people come visit the city of Boston, and they're super nice. Yeah, cool. They're great. Yeah, Yeah. Rot Rally is really friendly. It's which I is different than you expect it to be. Yeah, Mm. Um, it's weird that they never have like changed it, especially now. Now that it's like the biggest queer city in Austin, Mm. but I mean, Houston Pride's pretty good. What was your first Pride? I you know I. I grew, so I grew up in Houston, and honestly, I'm trying to remember if I ever went to Pride there. But I spent most of my like out youth life in Houston very drunk, and I can't remember if I ever went to Pride there. Sure. Uh, yeah, I still I don't drink as much now. As a young person, I had kidney failure, and that changed that for me. But like, I literally don't remember if I maybe did Pride in Houston because I was so fucking drunk all the time. R.I.P. Um, but the pr- first part I do remember was here in Austin. And it was at where there's a bunch of buildings now where those fairgrounds used to be. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And just uh, walked around. And I was like, oh, cool. This is probably, it was fun. It was very non-intimidating, which worked for me because I had always been out, but never super identified with like being a gay in your face person. So mm-hmm. I always just wanted to be like, yeah, I'm queer. It's neither here nor there now, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so it was really fun. I enjoyed it. Also, and now I'll go, I go to the parade, usually watch it from the top of like hangar bar and mm. yeah, shout down at the streets and stuff. It's a I good cry time. cry every parade. But do you? Oh, yeah. The oh. old people, the churches, anytime a child yeah. is really like, oh, the moms with the shirts that say, I love my gay kid. It's, I'm just get tears oh the gosh. whole time. Oh, I, I have so much, I just, I just like that laugh and have so much fun. I'm like, this is fun. Oh, I enjoy it. It's like happy tears. I'm just like, oh. 
<laughs> the old, when, when like the dykes on bikes go by and there's like old ladies on there, I'm like, oh my god. You've uh, seen some things. I, I will yeah. say I was sitting at a I was sitting at a bar with my friend. I was sitting at Rosewood with my friend BT. He's a big, very handsome black man. We were having drinks like two nights ago. This is like definitely pretty pretty older lesbian woman went into the bathroom right near where we were sitting and then she came back out and she puts her hand on his shoulder and she looks at me and she's like hey sorry she looks at him and she's like sorry I just want to tell her that she looks exquisite and I was like oh thank you and he and she turned to him and he was she was like no you look you she goes no you're like average no you're above average and then she was but and then she walks away and we just looked at each other laughing so hard He's a very handsome black man. <laughs> well, she's like, she's blind. For, for sure. I was yeah. like, I was like, like, I'm pretty sure she's an older lesbian. He was like, above average. He's like, I've never been called above average. <laughs> she made me laugh. That's awesome. But yeah, I appreciate it. I was like, sup, lady? Thank you. Oh, thank you. She's trying to shoot her shot. Mm-hmm. Um, my first pride, I wasn't out yet. But I'll, living back in Connecticut, we got, I went to New York for my first Pride, which was fucking great. Although I hate the subway. I went and did it and it was, what? You went as like an ally? I hate the subway. I love this. You went as like an ally? Yeah. I love that you went as an ally. Oh, I hate the But the fact that you hate the subway is bizarre. (laughs) Underground transportation freaks me out. I watched an episode of a show once. It was, it was a whole thing. We'll talk about it. Um, But yeah, all of my friends back, sorry, 90% of my friends back home were gay men. And so, Mm. onto Pride. I think Mm. my first Pride was when I was, 20 2021 um and got shit faced obviously um but it was great i had a lovely time and then my first pride being out was here when i first came out in 2016 which was really beautiful because it was i love that all of ours was awesome but it was really beautiful because i came out right after the pulse shootings like going to pride that being my first pride in here in austin um and then last year was my first time i walked in pride because the organization i worked for were like second in line Mm-hmm. to get there super early and I get to go home really quickly. Um, excuse me, but it's really cute because like all of our kids walk with us. Mm. Cute. And so last year- I was probably crying. Yeah, you saw you were crying. Um, but as we turn the corner at one of the streets, it's like all the moms and dads are like um, free hugs from a parent because it's like a thing they do if like they go around to different prides. For, yeah, for- uh, it's a group of parents who go around for and hug people at Pride for people whose parents are not them anymore because they're queer. That's right. Really nice. It's like all of our kids run nice. up and give them hugs, and then we turn the corner, and I remember just running up to the two of you like, "Hi, Kate, bye," and just ran back <laughs> out because I couldn't like stay and chat. But yeah, it was it's great. I mean, and our kids like are just so happy to be there. So I've had a lot of good first Pride experiences. That's touching. My parents did. My parents did stop talking to me after I came out to them. And I didn't think about it, but I did find a lot of love in other my friends' parents. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's really kind. Yeah. So yeah. it's just like complete strangers who are there just giving out free mom hugs. So nice. Hugs. I don't know if I've touched on this, but when I we lived in New York, I got to march in Pride. Oh, oh that's right. Uh, in New York City Pride, and she just loves any reason. I love this freaking sweet. Because no. you didn't go. Oh, throw me under. Oh, well, what happened? Because, what happened? Well, the day story. before we went to this big lesbian party because I was the only lesbian who worked at my job. Even though I worked at a queer media company. What? Um, so I was like, I get all the tickets to this. I'll just, I get all of them. I took all of them. I took all of my friends. Hi, me first. Hi, <laughs> me first. None of, when are you guys going to go there? Ruby Rose is going to be there. Like, you don't know your binoculars? Is. Get out of here, nerd. <laughs> You're going to think she's a boy. Um, yeah, no. So we went to that and we got super wasted and we were really hungover. And the next day I had to get up at like 6 a.m. to go march. Marching. Um, and so like I went downtown and I was marching with, it was a, we had a parade uh, float for MasterCard for our company and i was like chris all i want is you to get a photo of me marching because how many times am i going to be able to march in new york city pride you Hopefully know a few more yeah but as of now once once we'll you know we'll do it again and um i marched the whole way very hungover very irritated and we get all the way to the end at christopher street in um christopher street yeah in the gay part of town and like, as I'm walking out at the end of the parade, I see Chris walking down the street, like, barely functioning as a human being. And I was like, hey, how was the the parade? Like, did you get a picture? And he was like, oh, no, I just got here. And I was like, oh, okay. Well, it's over. You couldn't have asked anyone you worked with to, like, run 10 yards ahead of you and take a photo. You just wanted to blame me. Uh-huh. She were, could have gotten a photo. You had There's one, probably a photo somewhere that she's in. You had one job. No, so, one job. Yeah, and then, yeah, so he didn't get any photos of me. There's no proof. <laughs> oh, like, maybe you didn't even do it. You just say this to me. I threw up in a steak house bathroom. I remember this. Oh. 
That's this week's Cheers for the Queers beer is the Fanny Pack Pride Edition from Circle Brewing Company, which is benefiting Quality Texas. Yeah. yeah. So cheers. Cheers, yeah. queers. Cheers, queers. Queer. queer for it. Queer for it. This is very tasty, too. Oh, yeah. Like it was tasty. I like them light. I like them flavorful. I get a little buttery. Mm. I get a little popcorn. But I know that's just me. I mean, it's just, just your taste. Zero percent of connoisseur. Courtney's letting it break for a moment. <laughs> Getting some air in. It does smell like a buttered popcorn uh, jelly bean. Duh. Oh, that's my, a little bit. That's my favorite. They're going to ask us to pull this out. That's what. <laughs> You're not wrong, right? <laughs> yeah, she said. Uh, it's really good though. Yeah. This is the first Hi. episode of the Chris Cast. This is the uh, Chris and Chris portion of the podcast. <laughs> this is the you first, kicked me out. This is the you first episode me. of the Chris Cast. Uh, <laughs> it's just when Chris and Chris and I get left at the microphone by ourselves. I'm here. <laughs> this week we're discussing light pink. Um, Chris, how do you feel about the new pale wave happening through colors? You into this? Yeah, super into it. We both showed up with light pink shoes today, which I feel like was a really good sign for us. Yeah. As a couple uh, yeah. of Chris's. <laughs> as a couple of Chris's. Excellent. We're always on the same page, I think. Yeah, I like it. Cool. Mm-hmm. It's fun. We just sort of intuit about it. Yeah. Lovely. Well, we'll get back to the regular podcast. Cool. Thanks for tuning uh, in for that closes this episode of the Chris Cast. Yeah, this week in our new segment, Damaging... Or mentionable topics or dom tops. Dom tops. Um, I found an article from NPR, and the article is called "I Didn't Think It Was Possible." North Carolina city rings in its first LGBTQ pride. Um, a little excerpt from the article is says. Hendersonville is about 30 minutes from the scenic, eclectic city of Asheville. Downtown Asheville is speckled with pride flags. It's common to see same-sex couples and gender diversity. Asheville hosts Blue Ridge Pride every September, but drive just a few miles in any direction outside of Asheville's bustling downtown, and the climate of LGBTQ acceptance, acceptance seems to change. For some in Hendersonville, Asheville can feel out of reach. A woman named Laura Bannister, organizer of Henderson's first Pride picnic, says no one should have to leave their community to celebrate Pride. Huh. So for me, I really thought I read the whole article and it was just really sweet to like see these people in a small town like taking back their town essentially and like having Pride and making actually what they want to make it, which I thought was super cute, especially in the South and North Carolina specifically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <coughs> Good job for coming along, NC. Yeah. Congrats to all the people who this will be their first Pride. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because it's very important, and we welcome you to the fan bam. This week's episode brought to you by Flaunt Streetwear. That's F-L-A-V-N-T. Um, we are a local queer business here in Austin run by me and Courtney. We uh, make clothes for the LGBTQ community and give back 15% of all of our sales to our fundraising partnerships with trans people raising money for surgeries. Um, and right now during Pride Month, we have a limited edition Pride collection with a bunch of different designs, um, some of our old designs and a few that are just special edition for this month, but in different pride colors. So check that out. You can find us at flaunt.com. That's F-L-A-B-N-T dot com. What does pride mean to y'all? Like pride month? Hmm. I mean, I think, yeah, pause. Uh, I mean, I think before I was out, it probably meant more. Cause like now I think that like, as we're all out and mm-hmm. operate as so proudly queer human beings, yeah. it, it's not like we, change anything like i support queer businesses every extra, every day of yeah, the year i'm not extra me this month i'm not extra me I, I go to gay bars every other time of the yep. year but i mean i it means it means a lot like nowadays i know people don't really like that um corporations and stuff capitalize on pride yeah. but we'll i like to see it as a stride because like back in the day like you would see like some rainbow stuff, but yeah. you didn't, not every single company was trying to get in on it. Yeah. And at least the fact they're trying to get in on it shows that they have some value in our dollar or sure. in us as, as, people. as people. So I think or that that's a safe place to work. Yeah. yeah. Or a safe thing to in, endorse your brand yeah. into. So I think that's a big deal. So pride to me, I think just it matters more that everyone else is getting on board more so than like any of us. Like, I think we're already there. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's my own personal take on it. Yeah, I appreciate that. The, the commercialization is, it's in some part an acknowledgement of, you know. Existence. Queer yeah. people versus, uh, you know. Yeah. You know, like, don't come yeah. <laughs> back door. Yeah. yeah. You're not allowed to. We don't talk about it. Yeah. It doesn't exist. I, I love that it, it kind of signals that it's a safe place for you to be who you are. 
Um, I think it's very empowering, especially for those folks who live places where they can't be out, but they can like have this one month to make feel safe enough to say something or like there's more things that are like giving them the quote unquote okay to be gay. Um, I have a different feeling about the commercialization of pride, um, but that thing that's because I work for an organization. So like right now with my job, I have a different event every night. And so for me, it's been, it's been hard because I, I know these, these people want to help, but it's also like, we have, these are like multi-million dollar companies. Like we're going to give you 10% for just this month or just this week. And I'm like, well, I would rather you donate more throughout the year and like screw Pride Month, like give me money mm-hmm. the other 11 months of the year. I, I just, for me, I'm like Pride Month isn't the only month that you can be prideful. Mm-hmm. So I, I see the two sides of both coins, but at the same time, I also really see the, the worth in it. So for me, it's just been like, I'm tired and I would like more money. I'm tired. Um, so yeah. That's my feeling. Pride means I'm yeah. tired. Yeah. And like that same thing, like you just, and like the same thing, like I, I also realize that pride isn't just for queer people. It's like for allies, like really stand with us during that month. Mm-hmm. But again, you can't just be an ally one month of the year. Yeah. I mean, it's hard. Cause like, I feel like people kind of get up in arms a little bit about like, well, you can't only do this one month of the year, but like, we also like, we have black history month or whatever yeah. and people support like. Sure. It's month of the year, but it's fine. Yeah, but, like, Black-owned businesses, but, like, that's not saying that, like, we don't, like, support, like, mm-hmm. our, like, Black friends and family and community otherwise, mm-hmm. or, like, we have, like, Women's Month or, like, mm-hmm. Epilepsy Awareness Week or whatever we, like, that's just how we, like, celebrate things sure. nowadays. It's just, like, an easy way to, like, mm-hmm. commodify things and put things Remember in. It? Yeah. yeah, and so, like, so glad we have a full fucking month. We I could have say, a day. I appreciate day. that we got a month. We could have week. a day. Yeah. And also, like, for me, like, I think that a lot of the commercialization is bullshit. And, like, I do much more support the companies either that are queer-owned or give back 100% of their proceeds. Mm-hmm. But also, if at the end of the day, like, Target's not giving anything back, but, like, I talked about this on this panel the other day with you, like, if Target's not giving anything back, which, like, I'm just throwing that out there, they might be, because, like, American Eagle's giving 100% of their sales, but let's just say Target has a whole rainbow section and it's just going back to Target. There's targets in every fucking city almost. So if some queer kid sees a rainbow flag yeah. and like they get to see that, like we didn't see that really. Right. Like when I was young and growing up, I don't think there was pride sections pretty much anywhere. Basically, Lisa Frank was as proud yeah. as it got. So or, like, like I think that Spencer's where it's like just like sexualized. Mm, yeah. yeah. So I think like, it's r- nice. Rock metal goth pride. pride. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> Next to the like safe dildos. So like we can sell them. And then also pride shirts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh my god, he's dying. <laughs> Sorry, I did my fake metal voice and she died. <laughs> Thank you, a gift. <laughs> oh, I love doing fake metal music. <laughs> Do it again for us. Do you work in a hot topic? I worked in. I worked in indoor malls most of my life, <laughs> but never an older person. I switched to outdoor malls and never went back to indoor malls. And now, thank bless, I don't work in a mall anymore. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I spent my fair share of time. That was awesome. <laughs> also, I was a emo person in the like nineties. What are you talking about? Cut my, cut my wrist and black my eyes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. Were you living? You didn't know that was gonna happen. No, it's not ready for that. Cause it was perfect. So good. What girl? What soundtrack is this playing right now? Oh, sorry, I got a text. (laughs) Okay, I'm back. Sorry. Almost died. It's fine. I'm dying about the commercials. Cut that. Cut that out, Steven. 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 Are you pausing or recording still? I mean, I'm sure it'll get cut around. No, we're good. Have y'all watched the Taylor Swift video? Mm-hmm. Wait, we'll get there. I haven't seen it. I'll ask you to explain it to me. What I've seen it. I you love I it. Love Are it. we on? Yeah. Yeah. Um. Okay. Um. So it's her new song is out. Okay, we're talking about Taylor it's Swift. It's called. Listen to it twice on my run today. It's like you ought to calm down, or you need you need to calm down, yeah. which. Audi makes me angry. Does it? Okay. Oh, She's telling me what to do. No, okay, 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 okay. It's not about you. I haven't I heard it. It's about the, uh, the people. I understand. You need I haven't down. heard it, so y'all tell so me. So it starts out, takes place. She's in a trailer, which we'll get back to. She wakes up. Uh, it's like her and her phone. 
talking about like the haters need to calm down, get out of her Twitter mentions, all that kind of shit. She goes outside. It looks like Lisa Frank blew up. It's just a lot of rainbow, <laughs> a lot of sparkle, a lot of queer people. Ton of like Ellen's in it. Ellen, Laverne Cox is in uh, it. Laverne Cox, beautiful uh, Billy Porter. We'll get there. Okay. Um. So I get the point of the message, but then also like it switched over to like it's like all it takes place in a trailer park, and it's like all these quote unquote hilly people who are dirty and missing teeth and holding misspelled signs and all this stuff. So I, I get the point she was trying to make, but I don't Sorry, like tell it. me the point, because I haven't seen it. What do you think she was trying to say? That the song is supposed to be, like, just accepting people for who they are, not being a bully. Um, everyone should be equal. Like, in the, like point, in the song, like, it says, like, why be mad when you could be glad? And, like, in the video, like, it spells glad, like, G-L-A-D, like, the organization. I got that, but also it's a direct ripoff of the Glad Bags commercial, so continue. <laughs> um... So it's just, a, and it's like, and then it ends with like her and Katy Perry. Katy's at dressed up as a hamburger, Taylor's dressed up as french fries. And like they're hugging, almost like their beef is over, quote unquote. So, like, for me, I'm like, it's a lot going on. There's a lot of underlying messages that I got mm-hmm. watching what, it. What bothered you? The whole video. Um, first okay. of all, it's very similar to Beyonce's video. Which, which Beyonce got, video? Uh, we like to party. Okay. Um, that's number one, which is right after the whole Coachella incident, but we'll let it go. Um, but also, it's, um, I, I don't know if she knows, but it's statistically proven that LGBT people and people of color are disproportionately making less money. So, like, that it taking place in the trailer park was really, like, upsetting for me. Um, the video was really focused on her, although there are queer people with her. For me, it was just, like, her talk, like her saying, I'm an ally and you should be too, which is great, but not giving them a spotlight. It was just mostly focused on Taylor being there and Taylor being next to them versus them having their own kind of space. I also didn't appreciate how it's like, yes, the quote unquote backwards people who are very anti-LGBT are a problem, but it's also these people who are in political power who are there in turn giving these, these other people power um, to be like, it's okay to hate the gays. Like, it, for me, it was... Which at the end, it does call to write your sentence, you which I think it correct. does address That was, like, that. her first time being, like, really political, which I appreciate. Mm-hmm. But, I don't know. I just... For me, it was... It, it, What's eating you about it? I'm well, Something's eating you about it. It was, for me, it was basically using queer people as a prop. You feel like she was... During Pride. And then she, she was, went and performed at Stonewall, like, two days later. You so feel like she was very commercialized and being like... Look, I look at me like some stuff I do for gay people. I'm giving them space, and yes, I do. And but at the same time, like I don't blame the queer people who are in it because I know a lot of people know them, so it was very strategic and planned. But I don't for me, it just rubs me the wrong way, especially the queer person of color. Like once again, like using us as props is very upsetting to me. Okay, that was my only issue. Like I, I get like, I, and I get it. Like she hasn't ever been very politically outgoing like a couple years back there was like a lot of like neo-nazis and right wings who like were really like team taylor like she never denounced her connection to them so i think sort of like being like no i'm not with y'all but thank you for like listening to my music and this is like my viewpoint um but yeah i don't and i guess because i'm not in that window of like what would i do if i was richard famous and how would i come mm-hmm. out so that's a whole different thing but yeah i just i, I don't know it just rubbed me the wrong way <laughs> chris what'd you like about it I mean, I think that you have to take everything with a grain of salt, and it was a bubblegum pop music video. So I guess at the end of the day, I don't know what other artists would have done it more appropriately, mm-hmm. necessarily. Like, it's... I don't know. You think Beyonce wouldn't be center stage with a queer person next to her? I think I she know, would be absolutely I center. I wonder that, too. You, I, like, yeah, you said it focused on her, but like, it's like, also her video. Yeah, I think that Beyonce her. would be center also. I think that's kind of part of it, and like... At the end of the day, people are going to click that video to watch Taylor. Okay, so I do like that she was giving them a spot with her. It's her music. Like, had I she had that. only people throughout it? I just think that, like, for someone who has such a base of people that are conservative and white, and she's from Tennessee or whatever the fuck. Pennsylvania. It's all, well, but white people town. Okay. <laughs> like... I appreciate that she's kind of like, because she posted something political a few months back, like sure. a letter to her senator or something, where yep. she got a lot of backlash about it and I like that she's like finally being like you know what no like someone and she has so many followers on Instagram and so many people that like young people that are gonna be able to call their senators and vote that I just think even at the end of the video the fact that someone could even learn that they could call their senator which like 
that's not something you would always yeah. learn at the end of a video. Yeah. I think, yeah, it wasn't perfect, but I think the video was fun. I think the song itself was fun. I don't know the song. Oh, I like the song. <laughs> like, it's bubblegum pop at the end of the day, though. Like, it's like, it's I guess Britney, also, it's Katy Perry, it's Taylor guess, Swift. Today. I guess it's also an issue of, like, the ending, like, don't say it's this whole, like, big thing about queer people, and then it ends with you and Katy Perry. Like, that, for me, too, was, like... That was the only thing that was kind of weird to me, but I... I think you know, it was because both of their audiences are so big and that Katy Perry has been, I think, a loud vocal ally. So I think that it was part of that and too. being like, sure. hey, we see past our differences. We need... Yeah. So I think that that was a little bit not the right time or place for that. Yeah. But it also was like, here's another big like LGBTQ ally. This is cutesy. It goes along with the cutesy vibe of it. That was the one thing that felt like a myth. Like, I mean, there was a lot of things that weren't like on point, but that felt like a, we tacked that in at the end because you're both getting exposure from this. I was like, okay. Yeah. I have a little, let's see, I can a little bit see that because I feel like as, as a, you know, I grew up, I identified mostly as lesbian and now I identify as queer. Katy Perry was, I feel like one of the first artists that was Mm -hmm. like, oh, she's singing about the stuff I'm into, Mm -hmm. you know, like, oh. She kissed a girl too. I get, yeah, mm-hmm. cool. I got that. So like, I can fit, and that was a long time before. Yeah, you know, Pride Month and people celebrating it, and so I can it was see like freshman year. Yeah, I don't hate. I don't hate that. I don't hate that ring back to Katy Perry. You know, because I feel like she was a lot of the first. I feel like it, let's see, as like a young queer, I feel like maybe it was like her and like Pink. You yeah. know? like it's kind of what I can think of. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, because internet wasn't there mm-hmm. yet. I mean, the internet exists, but right. the group, the internet wasn't there. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah that's what I'm talking about. And, uh, <laughs> right. like, like I said, I totally get what she was trying mm-hmm. to do, and I, and I love that she's using her platform for this. These are just my sponsors. No, it's fine. It's fun. interesting, right? It eats you a different way. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like anything, like, part of that at all is racial? Like, you feel like she's trying to represent you and your struggle, but she just really can't? I, it's not even racial for me. No? It's, it's the fact that for it was that, that back to the commercialization of Pride. Like she, it came out during Pride Month. Mm-hmm. She then went and like performed at Stonewall. I have like, more of a problem performing at Stonewall just because like that should be more of a place of reverence than like performance yeah, so sort of thing. Very, but again, good. if you have this young audience that'll be like, "What is Stonewall?" Maybe you get some people learning you're educating something. people. Yeah, you're educating. People. Yeah, I mean the whole not even like we can even take off like the whole racial thing of it. So there were a lot of people of color. In yeah, the video. Mm-hmm. Mm, five maybe. Um, but I, 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 I love that she's using her platform and these are just like my little small things of like, you have, I, I think, and I'm able to make these critiques because I'm not in the public eye. So like for me, it's like, you'd have to be really aware of what you're saying. Like that whole like trailer park vibe, people of color yeah. living here. For me, that was really a big one for me. Like there's nowhere else. The trailer have- park vibe might, but I mean, I feel like, like anytime I go to visit a gay friend, we, they, we live at posh downtown hotels. Like... <laughs> Or fucking apartments. You I know? think that was maybe more of a commentary on uh, the backwood. Like, like it seemed very much like all those people. Like, yeah, like like it was. It was just. It was just more of the rural but setting. Let's not forget those aren't. Those usually aren't even the most like bigoted people. It's usually people who are religious or really mm, right. But so. I think that was part of it because like, how else are you gonna have multiple like for a music video a setting of multiple people? Like, if they were all like in a fancy ass apartment, you'd be like, oh, here's Taylor Swift. Like. Commercializing yeah, pride people yeah, and look at look at what this right. glamorous life yeah. they're all living. So I, mean, this I don't know that there was a win either way. And like the amount of people that have to go through the like the agents and the people that are like, well, yeah. this isn't really gonna fly. Like we can't be that overtly gay, or we can't be this sexual because your audience is this age or whatever. Yeah. I think that it, like, yeah. I mean, I know a lot of people didn't like some parts of it. A lot of people had problems with her like the lyrics of like shade never made anybody less gay. Mm-hmm. Like she was missing the point there, and I'm like. Mm-hmm. I'm like, you know, like, <laughs> it's not about making you gay. Yeah. What? Well, <laughs> you, she would have said it's like hate didn't make like there was yeah. other words. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. But it's just trying to be yeah, cute. Yeah, she's trying to bring in. Yeah, it's yeah. Right. yeah. So I mean, I think that's <laughs> white people. I guess at the end of the day, well, like, I just kind of take most things for like, <laughs> what they're worth, and like, I'm like, if she was producing a documentary and this is what came out, I'd be like, no. Mm. I'm like, you were pre- producing a. A, 30 uh, a sparkly, minute, glittery yeah. pop video, mm-hmm. and you know what? Good for you for at least fucking saying something, because like That's a great firework impression. <laughs> yeah, you did so good. Um, yeah, I I feel like uh, I don't want to I don't want to shit on anyone that's trying to. Mm-hmm. Uh, she had actual queer people in the video. Like, if it had been the whole video with just like backup 
actors yeah. that we have never seen before, then I'd be yeah. like, Yeah, and, no. and I don't, like, I love the fact that she had really big names, like, like I said, Billy Porter, Laverne Cox, the guys from Queer Eye, like, mm-hmm. really... Oh, the Queer Eye guys were so cute. Really, it? like, <laughs> people. I also, like, that's not my problem. I would just, yeah. very much bet her... Okay. What do they call it, Taylor Swift fans? Swifties? Okay, I very much... I would very much bet I'm gonna call them homies I would very much bet all of her fan homies there's a ton like a very high percentage of queer oh oh, oh. Uh, yeah. if you would have been yeah. on Twitter that day you would have thought fucking the world blew up that day they were yeah. so excited about it like, yeah exactly so like I can appreciate what she's I, doing I think Same. the community Even is divided on she it. can only execute it to the best of her ability and all she has is that she's a well, that was, you know hard working well to do white woman so that was also my thing too like I'm in a bunch of different like podcast rooms on Facebook of course I am and like someone had asked the question like how do you feel and it was like a lot of people being like the queer community should be happy about this I'm like well we're not all like a hive mind we're all like stupid. <laughs> I can't. You, yeah, like turns out we're all different. Yeah, turns out we're not human. Yeah, so that was also. Yeah, I get. I, I get what you're trying to do, and I appreciate that. I just well, had some critiques. Yeah, anyways, it. no, you get to say. That's fun. Yeah. This week's snack brought to you by Chef Kristen Torres. You can find more information at chefkristentorres.com/slash/menu. And I also. Hey, welcome to ChrisCast episode two. Episode two of the ChrisCast. Hi, guys. Hey, do you uh, do you like this part of the podcast? Because we'll keep bringing it to you. Um, so Chris and I had a little photo shoot today. It was for Lyft. He invited me. Obviously, he was the star, but I was the driver and the car. And yeah. uh, you guys can look out for it soon. It was super cute. It's going to be on our Instagram. It's very, very good. On our Instagram. Oh, my God. Make a joint Instagram. <laughs> Uh, and that was this episode of the Chris Cast. Uh, join us again anytime. anytime. We find ourselves alone in the kitchen together. All right, hey, we love you. <laughs> Each week, we answer and give advice to our listeners in a segment called Questions for the Queers. If you would like to send us questions, please email us at queerforwardpodcast at gmail.com. Also, if you do not want to use your real name, please let us know. First question. What? Never mind. Okay. The first question comes from Elliot, who emailed us. Uh, he said, hey, y'all, my name is Elliot. I'm a 29-year-old trans man from Huntsville, Alabama. My wife and I have been together for five years, married for 1.5 years. We met when I was pre-T slash not entirely out as trans, and she identified as a lesbian slash queer. She has recently come to terms with her sexuality, or she had recently come to terms with her sexuality when we first met. She now identifies as queer slash a queer femme. However, I identify as straight. She has been incredibly supportive of my transition, but she frequently feels there is not much, if any, visibility for trans partners. In most settings, we are seen as a cis-hetero couple, that, as the cis-hetero couple that we appear to be, which is fine in a lot of settings, especially in Alabama. Um, however, we, when folks are made aware of my being trans, all the attention is placed on me and my experience, therefore leaving her identity unacknowledged. She is much more involved in the LGBTQ arena than I am. And she is an attorney and has fierce passion for social justice. Since you all have experience in larger LGBTQ settings slash communities, what has been your experience with trans partner visibility? And how do you think we might be able to create more visibility for said individuals? Interesting. That's a really good question. Yeah. I know. Yeah. I've been like meaning for us to get to it. So I'm really excited. Um, well, like I'm, a, I'm the trans person here, but... Um, I think the reason there is a question is because it's really hard to make an easy solution for like giving that space to partners. If, if not just in the form of that, we as the trans person probably have to help create that space because I think people outside of our relationships aren't going to realize that they aren't giving our partners the same visibility as they are us. I had never even really, and this was this is making Does me it think come up for you. Well, yeah, because I identify as queer, but, like, Shelby is straight, mm-hmm. and um, and my ex was queer also, but, like, we were both seen, we were just seen as a straight couple, which I see my relationship with Shelby as a straight relationship, but, like, I'm a man, she's a woman, whatever, but I still identify as queer, and I don't think our relationship has a lot of the privileges that, like, a cis straight relationship would have. Mm-hmm. Um, but for me, I mean... It doesn't bother me like that much. This actually comes up in um, Tales of the City, which I'm going to talk about. Oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. Cool. But this is a big part of the storyline with the trans character is that his partner is uh, 
lesbian. And so she's like struggling with that they're always read as straight. I don't know. I think that we just, I think talking about this more and like realizing that this is something that some people give up or have to like learn to grow and change. Like sexuality is fluid, but like that's still a huge part. Like that person probably came out and struggled and fought for this and dated women before that trans partner or dated men before that trans, like the trans female partner or whatever. And so I think that these discussions and asking these questions and um, I don't know. I think it's a societal thing. I mean, I think yeah. it's just like like race and gender, um, how you can't tell, you can't always judge a book by its cover. You also, sexuality is the same way, but also just like trying to break the hetero mon- monogamous centric viewpoint default. Yeah. default. Like, so you see people and you assume, oh, like, oh, that that's the man of the relationship. That's the woman of the relationship. And they are this and they check this box. Mm-hmm. They check this box because you never know. Like, Right. Um, so I think that's just on everybody and on like society to just like know that there's not necessarily a right or wrong way that everybody operates. And it's just like offering up your pronouns in general to create like a conversation. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know, you can't just offer up, be like, hi, I'm Courtney and I'm I'm queer. <laughs> you know, yeah. this is my boyfriend, but I'm queer. Like, um, there's not necessarily a, an yeah. easy way to do that, yeah. but that reminds us. Reminds me of like the question we got like a month or two ago about the girl who was like in this relationship with um, a, a cis guy, and so like it made her question like people were questioning. So you're not gay anymore. It's a thing of like you like you can't automatically believe that that's the like straight shouldn't be the default. But like you're saying, society makes it like mm-hmm. one person has to be the masculine one, one has to, has to be the feminine one. So yeah, like you're saying, just having this conversation and being open to it, and then also like I think in his questions like how do I give her more attention? I think that's a really tough thing to do because you're you don't want to negate your experience but you still also want to give an acknowledgement to her mm-hmm. experience too so i think that's just a a tough one to say also like with her you him, he was saying like she's more involved in lgbt lgbtq stuff so i think like if she's in those groups of people who like understand her more and like give her space i feel like that's a really good place for her to be um and maybe like you going to those things with her and just making like you're saying like making it the new quote unquote normal normalizing mm-hmm. and you know giving representation to that and i mean because he said that like people turn to him and he says like, but his wife is more involved. So maybe if they're like, oh, so you're trans and blah, blah, blah. Like maybe that's the time that like he can speak up. I mean, he said yeah. he's in Alabama and depends on the safeness of sure, the space, sure. but he Absolutely. can speak up and be like, I am trans, but actually like my wife is like super involved in the LGBTQ community. Like, why don't you ask her about blah, 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 blah. Because they're probably going to turn to him for like yeah. the, oh, token trans person. Let me ask yeah, you about. experience is going to be bigger mm-hmm. than hers. I was just thinking that like we turned to you to ask you about the mm-hmm. token trans questions. I But yours is just one experience of trans. It's not yeah. everyone's experience of trans. And of course, that's all you have to speak from. But also, um, you know, it's just one way to do it. Yeah. Yeah. So I think just by even acknowledging that his partner is having a different experience than him, he's probably doing a great job yeah. with it. If yeah. he's aware of it enough yeah. to ask this question and yeah. start a discussion, it seems like he's not erasing her experience yeah. in the slightest. Do you scary. find that, I know it's a little bit different with you and your partner, but do you find that she feels erased in your trans experience? She, no. Um, or invisible or not seen enough? I don't think so at all. She seems more like bothered by the fact that people like want to talk about the fact that I'm trans because yeah. she's like, I just see you as a man. Yeah, yeah. So the fact that people then ask her like, well, how do you identify now? Which mm-hmm. is the more often question that partners of trans people will get. If mm-hmm. they know that like I haven't had bottom surgery, they're like, oh, so like, are you kind of gay now? Have you changed your mm-hmm. identity? Yeah, mm-hmm. sure. And she's like, no, I'm still attracted it's to like, He's That's crazy. Man. I didn't ask you one thing about what you were doing sexually. Yeah. So. so that's the only thing with her where she's like, <laughs> it's just kind of funny that like people want to then be like, oh, well, how is that for you? And yeah. blah, blah, blah. And she's like, if it was a big deal for me like I'd be talking to my girlfriends about it or whatever the same way I would about any partner I'm with but like that's the that's the default that society will go to with a trans partner it's like well how do you identify now like well for a straight partner so Mm -hmm. she's like on the flip side of Elliot's wife over there but Mm -hmm. no it doesn't seem to bother her she she tends to be like slightly more confused by like why I cling to like still identifying as queer but I think that's just someone that has lived in a space of like never coming out. Like, and so I asked her cause we were watching tales of the city and she's like, why is this girl so obsessed with like when people like erase that she's queer, like, doesn't she want her boyfriend to pass? And I was like, yeah, but if someone came up to you, I was like, the only thing I could relate to, I was like, you care a lot that, that you're a Christian. Like it's 
like integral so to your to identity. Yeah. So if someone came up to you and assumed that you weren't a believer because you're dating me and they know I'm not a believer, wouldn't you correct mm. them? And she said, and she oh, was like, yeah. well, I would. And I was like, exactly. Because it's something that's it's very, very core to your identity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Same thing. Yeah. And she was like, I didn't think about it like that. And I was like, yeah. So it's just kind of like a, like, like my friend Spencer, Spencer is non-binary, black and Jewish. Jewish is always the one that people don't know because they don't assume black people are Jewish. Mm-hmm. And so when they, like, when they talk, when people talk to them, they're like, I like often am like, yeah, I'm a black Jew. And like, they have to like. Ask yeah. 7 million questions. Yeah. And yeah. so I just, and, and like, they are very, very like loud and proud about the Jewish part of them. Cause they're like, it's apparent I'm black. I don't have to be loud and proud about being black. Yeah. Everywhere I go, I'm black. But but they're like, I do go into a lot of spaces and I speak out about being Jewish and I speak out about this thing because it's important to me. And so I think it's one of those things that like people, until there's something in your life that like you correct people about or you speak sure. out about or you want to be yeah. recognized about, then sometimes you're like, well, that seems kind of trivial. Like, you know, you're queer. So what else matters? Right. And it's like... We all still want to be seen. No, I totally get it. It matters to me. Because I used to be fat and I'm fit now, people, you know, people make the assumption like, oh, but you've always been that way. But you don't have any trouble with it. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm like, no, 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 no. I lived most of my life as a fat person. And then I had a very long struggle to lose 75 pounds, you know, and then I maintained it. But that I don't want to let go of that I used to be a fat person. And it took me a lot of work to get to this person. You know, like mm-hmm. you don't want to let go of that you used to look like a woman, it took you a lot of work to get representative of how you actually feel. Mm-hmm. You know, it's important. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. That was a great analogy. I can go over that. I know it's a good analogy for sure. Our next cue. Next cue. Our next question comes from Sam from Instagram. I am six months on T. Any voice advice, my pitch, value, etc., are completely erratic. <laughs> Just gonna sit back for a minute. I mean, I mean, I- at Out Youth, we offer um, voice exploration classes, just something that we do. Cool. Um, but I know it's not something that someone can always have access to. Um, I'm a big fan of the YouTubes. Yeah, YouTube has plenty of voice tutorials. Yeah. I also think, like, my voice still cracks every once in a while, like when I'm in places and stuff. My and I'm voice four cracks. Years on voice cracks. And for me, like, I, like they said that they're six months on tea. Like you're kind of in the middle of like mm-hmm. that voice is gonna be all over the a place. Bit just yeah. So I think mostly just like <laughs> my, my advice would be Keep talking trying. a lot. Yeah. yeah. Like just learning that voice. Like you're learning it again. So just like aware of how you're having to speak. If you're like, it seems like maybe they're a little bit like self conscious about mm-hmm. the pitch and volume and like erraticness of their mm-hmm. voice so i guess maybe like if you're aware of that like practice when you're speaking to your friends maybe slowing it down a little bit because maybe that'll keep your voice from cracking as mm-hmm. much trying to maintain a certain volume that you like like and also i think being aware that like everyone's voices change a lot differently on testosterone because i know plenty of guys who plenty of guys on t who are like my voice really didn't drop all that much or like mine i sounded like fucking mini mouse before and not that my voice is like the deepest voice but like Courtney's voice was deeper than mine my whole life. And so mine was a drastic change. And now I'm like, I don't even really remember what it sounded like before. Mm-hmm. But I don't really remember even being like that aware of like my pitch and volume and any of that as it happened. I just kind of, I just kind of, I don't know. I just talked a lot. But I don't know if there's advice for it. I think that those voice lessons you were talking about are smart and YouTube videos. But I think just being aware your voice is going to continue to change. And then at some point you'll realize that it's steadied out. And that's a different amount of months for most people, but it's usually before a year on tea. Like it's in those yeah. months leading up. So the woman who runs it, her name's Yona, and she uh, talks, talks, wow, talks she about talks. it like it being almost like when you're going to like vocal lessons, like it's going to stretch and wane and mm-hmm. change. It's just like you're saying, a lot of practice, a lot of like knowing there's going to be uncomfortable spots, and you're going to be really frustrated, but like just working through it and knowing it's going to get better. So, yeah. I think, okay, so I am not, admittedly not on tea, never been on tea. I don't think my body needs more tea. <laughs> um, but I used to have a much lower voice. I used to have a very, very low voice. Interesting. I moved to Austin in April of 2014, and like 10 days before I moved here, I got my tonsils taken out. Oh. When my tonsils were so large... The doctor that took my tonsils out asked me if I could sign a release so he could keep my tonsils in a jar in his office. Okay. 
So I had these big, giant ball tonsils in my throat. (laughs) Fucking huge. So then after the surgery, I come out, I'm done. My voice has raised to this pitch, which is much higher. This pitch is much higher than my whole family, my whole life has ever heard me speaking, right? So you used to always get sir on the phone. And so now... My family teased me, merciless me for this is my squeaky voice. This is my squeaky high voice, you know, which is insane. But also I did as a 25 year old person, I went through a voice change, which was so weird. Um, the thing I did the most to like adapt is I just went back to my favorite songs and just practice singing them, just sing them out loud, sing them in the car, sing them to myself. It's fun. And just get, just like feel my new, feel my new chords, see where I'm at. Yeah, exactly. I was like, all right, this would be a little, used to be a little more seal. Now I'm Rihanna. I dig that. I'm there. Sure. She's hot. But also just like don't, uh, like my vet says, when I look at, when I'm like looking at my dog too hard and I think he might be sick, like you're looking at your dog, like don't look at your voice too hard. Give yourself a break. Mm -hmm. It's going to happen. But it's happening right now. Um, our next question from Jay on Instagram, my mom isn't accepting of Blair, my fiance being F to M advice, question mark. Um, I, I was going to say, I think that we're born with our parents. (laughs) It is not usually necessary. Hopefully, uh, maybe, I don't know. It's not necessarily your job to, um, you know, clear every life decision you make with your parents. I'd say you got to live for your life for yourself. And if your mother is not into Blair, your fiance being F to M, maybe it's a conversation of like, hey, that's okay that you don't uh, love this person or you even don't love them for me you know i don't mind that but i really do so uh mm-hmm. i need you to support me and if you don't have anything nice to say then just smile and leave the room you know yeah, yeah. but that's all i, I went to a benefit dinner for the organization i worked for for valentine's day <coughs> and we had a elderly well not elderly but a middle-aged older couple come up to us and talk to us because the 30 something year old daughter her law her lifelong partner just transitioned and started using um the pronouns they then as they were in their transitioning period and the mother was having a really tough time and so let's say this person's name was sam and i was like do you love sam any differently or any less because they have transitioned and the answer of course was no so i think it's just a lot of the time it's just like parents just don't understand what this means or also it's the thing of like parents expect your life to be a certain way and so they they have all these things are bringing into what they want your life to be and who the person they thought you would be with should be like um so i also think it's just like giving them space to kind of know that they might be afraid of what this will mean for your life for your partner's life um which not to say that they were in the right for being how they were but just to give it some some perspective of um this is now also a change that they weren't really prepared for as well yeah, I mean, I talked about this a little bit on the... Me and Brie were on a panel mm. last week. Um, and we were talking... We were talking mostly about Pride Month and um, queer people in the workplace, that sort of stuff. But I um, can't remember which question I was related to. But I was talking about some of the biggest advice that I had learned kind of myself through this transition but that I give to other people is that like when you transition or if you're dating someone who's transitioning everyone around you is having to transition along with them like they have to they have to learn and grow and like your partner had however long to figure out that they were trans and you had however long to accept that your partner was trans and Mm -hmm. so as long as you're like like you said demand respect from your parent and support in whatever capacity they can give it to you but also understand that like they probably have never met a trans person before. Maybe they they didn't have they didn't know that this was going to be in the cards for them. So, um, just allowing them a little bit of space and giving them some grace in that that time of growing and learning. Maybe providing them with resources if you think that might help them, so they're not just googling and ending up on some Fox News forum that would be horrible. Oh, um, but the thing is, parents are either going to be accepting or they're not, and like. Every person I've ever dated, their parents weren't stoked that I was trans. So I was in the position of Blair in this situation. And at the end of the day, 
I was at every holiday regardless. So either they're going to stop talking to their kid or mm. they're not. Mm. And eventually they just let me keep coming around. Mm. And I didn't like that they were conservative or Republican or racist or whatever the fuck. I didn't get to choose that. They didn't get to choose me. You decide in what capacity you interact with them. You decide in what capacity you respect them, if you love them, if you care for them, whatever. But you don't know them anything as much as they seem to think that they don't know you anything. And I think that just realizing you can stay with this person and as long as you guys are happy and it's what's right for you, your parents might not be as fucking on board as you want them to be, but that can happen in a straight relationship, in a cis relationship. So Mm -hmm. honestly, like my advice is parents and in-laws can suck. And that's just the reality of it. Like, I think like you can even talk to like our parents and be like, did mom's parents like you when y'all got married? And my dad could probably be like, not really. (laughs) Well, they still got married and they're still together 30 years later. Like just happens. Does someone else want to start? Well, I already mentioned it a few times on the podcast, but I just, um, finally, it came out like two weeks ago, but I finally started watching Tales of the City, which is on Netflix, and it's a remake of a show that was on PBS, I think, in like 19... Tales or Hills? Tales. Okay. Um, in 1990, and, um, it's based on a book, then it was a show, and this is like a remake or like continuation of the show, I guess. Um, it has Ellen Page in it, um, Thomas Page McBee is one of the writers on it, he's a trans author that I love. A lot of his books. Um, There's a bunch of trans characters in it, a bunch of queer characters in it. It's all these storylines. It's basically just like this amazing like coming of age story, like story in San Francisco of like gay people and queer people and all these like. It's just so far really well written, really true and real. Um, Everybody really around like the community that I've seen talking about it is just like celebrating how um, just like raw and like accurate it is, and it's like really good representation. Um, but it's fun. It's a good Netflix show. Um, so it's Netflix. So it's like pretty graphic at times, but, um, also sexually graphic or yeah, there is, Oh no, there's, I haven't seen any violence yet, but I'm, I'm only on episode four and considering that it's centering around queer storylines, I'm not going to say that there won't be any, but I don't know yet, Mm -hmm. but language and, um, sexuality, there's been lots of boobs. I mean, it's like, it's like tits. I would compare it to kind of to like orange is the new black because Lauren Marley or whatever, um, Samira Wiley's wife is one of the producers on it. So lots of queer people involved in the project. And it's just, so far it's really good. And um, I want to finish watching it and I'll like talk more about it later, I guess. But I think everyone should watch it. Like so far, it seems like the community really likes it. So um, the main, the old lady in it is a trans, like she's playing a trans woman, but she's not trans. And that's the only person Mm. in the show that's not played by a trans, like by their respective whatever. But she's from the original. And so, like, ne- like oh, the writers of it said, like, it felt like <clears throat> to connect the two shows. And she played a trans woman in, like, 1990 when no, it came out. Is. So it was kind of, even though she is a cis actress, it was, like, a very groundbreaking role. So I thought it was interesting that they were kind of respecting that. And then when they re- like when they um, show flashbacks in the past, she is played by a trans woman in the past. So they were trying to be very, like, respectful and knowledgeable about how, like, yes, we are having this actress still play this role, but everyone else is like played by like the trans guy and it hasn't had top surgery yet. He's like a trans guy in New York city. Um, but it's cool. I got to see one of my friends in the background of one of the scenes cause they shot it in New York. So yeah, check it out. That's fun. I would say even on that bit, like I can appreciate that she's rep- like, she's an actor who went after representing a trans person role, you know, yeah. that's pretty sweet. Respectfully. Like as long as you're doing a good job of it, totally. I don't have a huge beef with that. Yeah. Yeah. Courtney, do you have any stuff that was good for you recommends this week? Um, I'm re-watching Big Little Lies because Kristen hasn't seen it. And Meryl Streep's is on the new season. Mm-hmm. And I love Meryl. And Meryl Streep and Elizabeth Warren have the same birthday. <laughs> important. Important. They do. Wow, wow, wow. Elizabeth wow. Warren, it was like... She knows social media. She was like, calling my birthday twin today. Called Meryl Streep. It was like all over Twitter. It's like, I love Liz. I was just picking up the phone and calling Meryl Streep. Uh-huh. She's like, hey, girl, it's Liz. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Mary, it's Liz. Liz. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, we're it's watching Wawa. that. It's Wawa. What's she doing? <laughs> Are they the same age, too? I don't, I don't know. Oh, interesting. Maybe uh, Meryl Streep turned 70. Yes, adult woman. Shut the fuck up. 70. Uh, she looks fucking great. I know. Oh, she doesn't look as like great in Big Little Lies right now. But have you been watching? I've never watched it. But she's 
What? They might be the same age. Elizabeth Warren is 70. Ooh. June 22nd. She's from Oklahoma City. Shush. Like, same day, same year? Wait, Shush. Wait, 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 wait. Get there. Twins, Get twins, there. Twins. All right. Same day, same year. Oh! Real birthday twin. You heard it here first. Are they the same person? It's a sign. They actually are related. Meryl Streep is just Elizabeth Warren in a wig. That's it. Parentrap. I've seen wow. a movie. Uh, has anyone ever seen them in the same room? Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Question. They can ask. We just like start a conspiracy that like has no, <laughs> <There's> no. no <laughs> this Sorry. only strengthens her candidate. All right, Reddit, let us know what you find. <laughs> There's definitely a uh, subreddit about it. Yep. Maybe um, that's it. That's all I got. <laughs> hey, mm. I love that random fact. Mm-hmm. I think we need some lightness every once in a while. <laughs> I said lightness. <laughs> We should pronounce hard W's. White. 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 Um, okay, White. my so looking, my, she's looking at their heights now. <laughs> rabbit hole alone. She's like, well, neither one can play basketball. She's so. five eight. God damn. But I think Meryl Streep is like five seven. Oh, okay. And her Elizabeth Warren's net worth is fifteen million, and I would say that uh, Meryl's not Meryl's is more than that. Also, fifteen million. Holy shit, God girl. Damn. Pays to be in politics. Once you get to that level. So this uh, go ahead. Um, okay, so let's see. The one of the one of the great things happened. So I want to say that I mentioned that I got a hundred dollar Uber tip. 90 million. I got a hundred dollar cash Uber tip maybe like a month ago. <laughs> so I was Lyft driving last night and I got another hundred dollar cash tip and I was like, yeah. So if you get in a, in a Lyft or Uber without so, real Chris, you better give her. A listen, Uber. if you can tip your driver a hundred bucks, make someone's night. It's a lot of fun. Um, and then for my recommendations, if you haven't seen special on Netflix, it's about a queer man and that's what's up, which I loved. It's also, what is it? It's based in California somewhere, but it's actually filmed in Austin. So it's fun for all of us Austinites because we're like, oh, I know what that is. Oh, I know what that is. Oh, I know what that is, which is silly. Mm-hmm. And then I want to recommend. Well, and he has he has cerebral palsy, so it's he like he does have cerebral palsy. It's as a well. really interesting intersectionality story. Yeah, it's and it's funny as shit. It is so funny. Mm-hmm. It is so. Does the guy funny. actually have? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. The actor awesome. he wrote the show, yeah. and it's based. I think is it based on his. Ryan O'Connell. Okay, it's based on his memoir. Yeah. Yeah, freaking hilarious. Mm-hmm. So worth it. It's about like him having like like there's an episode on his first time having sex mm-hmm. as like a you know someone who has uh, cerebral palsy and also is gay and just has never mm-hmm. gone there before. And it's really I found yeah. it like so kind. It was and like loving, ch- charming, and like it was relatable. it was it was a very it was the perfect example of what because he hires a sex worker to have sex with him for the first time. It was a perfect example of like. Um, exactly the good work that sex workers are out there doing so I thought that was kind of incredible mm-hmm. um, and then I someone sent me a very lovely lady that I know sent me this song Fruit by this artist Abra A-B-R-A like to recommend that mm-hmm. it's magic um, and then next week we're gonna get all together next episode next episode <laughs> We're going to get all together and we're going to talk about kinks and it's going to be fun. And we're taking this test from BDSMtest.org and we're going to discuss our results. I took it. Someone sent it to me. It's really fun. You can take it. I would say take the long version and then you can send (laughs) it to, I would say take the Magnum version (laughs) Um, and then you can send it to whomever you might be seeing and they can take the test. And it's an easy way that you and that other person could like really quick and uh, sort of painlessly discuss the sexual things you could be into with each other. Your kinks. So so like I just started seeing this girl. She sent me her results of the test. I sent her my results of the test. Her first result is uh, something called a rigger, R-I-G-G-E-R. Um, and, that's, oh, and that's someone who likes to tie tie ropes, knots into things. Great. My one of my top results on my test was a rope bunny, someone who likes to get tied up in ropes and knots. So that was a fun conversation we didn't even have to have. Um, yeah. So we're gonna be talking about that next week. Go take your own test. As well as like just all sorts of sexy stuff. So yeah, yeah sexy it should be stuff. a fun. Sexy, sexy. Okay, great. Um, how was your week? My week was great. I've had the pleasure and privilege of being on a panel this week with Chris. Um, we went to WP Engine. We were on a Pride panel there. Um, I got to guest star 
on my friend's podcast. It's the Rouser Company, and they host a podcast called The Rabble, which is like um, political stuff here in Texas. Um, so they had a Pride episode, and they invited me and some other great queer people on. Um, so that was great. And that's also on my Instagram, in case you need the link. And um, my other thing... Um, the song I want to recommend is last night, Chris and I hung out with some friends and watched the new season of uh, Black Mirror, the Miley Cyrus episode called Rachel, Jack and Ashley too. And that stars Miley Cyrus and the song that's in there is called I'm on a roll and it's legit my favorite song right now. So I highly recommend <laughs> listening to it all day. And then the show I just started watching was the new reboot of Charmed and that's on Netflix from the CW. And I was a big fan of the original charm, so I was really skeptical, but it's the same woman, Candace, sorry, Constance Burge, who did the first one, is doing the reboot, so it's really good. It stars um, Latina woman, there's a, like, an Afro-Latina on it, there's a lot of people of color, there's a lot of queer undertones in it, like one of the girls is gay, which I really love, and she has like multiple partners, which makes up one girlfriend, so they need something new. Um, they have like gay characters like playing background characters so it's really fun and really inclusive and I love it so those are my happinesses and my recommendations beautiful yeah okay y'all that's our show be sure to follow us on Facebook Instagram and Twitter at QueerFord you can send us an email at QueerFord Podcast at Queer what? QueerFord Podcast at QueerFord Podcast at QueerFord Podcast not QueerFord Podcast at QueerFord Podcast at gmail.com and visit our website QueerFord.com Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe, and also tell your friends about us. Until next time, we love you, and we should too. Bye, love you. Happy Friday. Bye, Friday.